It's official. One Shining Podcast is back, and I am your host, Tate Frazier. And as March Madness begins, we're covering everything from Selection Sunday all the way to the championship and beyond. We're going to have great guests that are coming through on the show. And look, if you're a friend of the program and you're already subscribed, you don't have to do anything. OSP is back. It's going to be right back in your feed. And if you're not a friend of the program and this is your first time on the rodeo, then let me tell you this. You need to go to Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts and smash subscribe today because the OSP show is back. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Off Guard. I'm your host, Pasha, and joining me, actually, I'm joining him at his house. Yeah. Austin Rivers. What's up, what's up? Appreciate you coming through. Mikasa Sukasa. Uh, Austin, why don't you tell the audience what I brought over as a gift when I came over? You brought me some, <laughs> you brought me some Dubai baklava. Yeah, my mom was in Dubai and she brought, she brought home some baklava. She said it was the best she's ever had. So I packaged it up, put in some nice Tupperware, which I, you have to return. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a fiend for weird things. What, what can I say? Baklava's not, baklava's not weird. No, but I feel like it's uncommon now. I feel like your average person isn't waking up like for a dessert sweet tooth sandwich. You know what? It does make you look a little cultured if you're, you know, if you're ordering baklava or just eating that instead of, I don't know, like Pringles, which would make you look kind of, you know, whatever. What's good, man? I've, uh... What's it like to be back? Try to transition into being summer mode. Like, I'm still trying to, like, make that switch come home you have more time in your hands you instantly going from being so occupied so focused uh having a daily routine waking up treatment workout lift whatever whatever it is right i'm so used to going to that and then as soon as the season ends you go through this awkward period of like not doing anything and you feel i, I, I can't speak for other players i think some guys enjoy it i get really restless and i, I feel like i just have to do something i want to work i want to go do something well, normally everyone I know that plays, they right afterwards they take a trip. They they wouldn't. You went straight to Winter Park, which I love that. I'm a Winter Park guy myself. But I you I thought you would go straight to like Mexico and just be on a beach somewhere. Like, no, nah, I'm gonna take. I'm, I'm gonna take a trip. Just maybe like in a couple of weeks. I want to get set up at the house first, get everything set up back home, and then that way, you know, we can go take a trip whenever or wherever. Uh, we I'm invited. No, I said we. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, yeah, of course you're. No, that's fine. Well, you could do. You could take a trip with wifey, and then I'll go on the guys. The trip problem after. is if we. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, that sounds a lot better. I think. Yeah, that's a better trip. Um, <laughs> last night you were on the phone with me, and you're like, "Dude, I don't. Do you not want to watch any playoffs right now? I want to get away from it." But you watched. You watched basketball. Yeah, yeah. I can't help myself. Yeah, it's um, it's an addiction. Yeah. You know, I, I uh, I've been suffering from basketball illness since. The beginning of of my time, at least, and yeah. I, I've you know it's one of those things that when things don't go your way or when goals are set and aren't accomplished for a season, whether it's individually or as a team, you know it's a tough pill to swallow because it's a year off your career that you feel wasn't yeah. what you wanted it to be. And again, I had, I had a great year. I, I did a, amazing things in terms of just building relationships and connections, being a leader of a young team. You know, you know, came in on a non guaranteed. You know, ended up playing the whole season and playing a lot of valuable minutes during the season, helping win a lot of games. All in all, I felt, um, you know, pretty good about the season and really enjoyed my time just being there. And 
just being a team, you know, a uh, uh, leader. And it was fun. Minnesota was different. You know, it's freezing. Try to get used to that. Uh, but it, it was a different year for me, especially for a kid from Florida. So it's, uh, it's tough to just have it end and then like be able to watch other guys playing on bat, you know, the, the TV screen still in the playoffs, you, you know, you kind of get jealous and you see these guys get to go out there and hoop and perform and play well. Like it kind of, it makes real, like a real hoopers look at that and kind of get like, ah, yeah. you know what I mean? No, for sure. I want to be the first to tell you congrats on another season. though. That's your 11th season. I think the average is three for an NBA player. So as much as, you know, maybe you wanted more out of the season or, uh, you know, if you don't win the title, everyone thinks, you know, this and that about the end of the year. You have to, it's, I don't know, it takes a while, but you eventually are like, that. another year in the books, you know, another year you're fortunate enough to do, have the best job in the world. Yep. So what, what will you, when you look back at this year in Minnesota, what will you take away from it? I think just understanding, just continuing to learn how to be more patient, uh, how to be more understanding of how important it is just to be like really just a vet and a leader sometimes too. The interesting thing about me is like that was placed on me kind of as a role to be the vet, to be the leader, to be that guy that they lean on. And that was uh, clearly, you know, uh, that's what they told me. But like, I'm 30 though. You know what I mean? I'm I'm not 38. You know what I mean? Like I'm not 37. Like, trying to squeeze out a couple more years. I, I, I'm in the, 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 the stage of my prime and the, you know, literally the, you know, in my eyes, the best time in terms of physical and mental peaks really pointing to each other and meeting. That's where I feel like I'm at. And for better or worse, you know, I ended up enjoying it still and finding the joy in, in the game. I think the biggest lesson is even when things aren't going your way, just try to approach every day of work with like a certain level of gratitude and happiness. And I know that sounds so naive for me to say because I play in the NBA. So people are like, no, but that, that goes with any like, line of work. Exa- yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And that's why I say that. And I know people will hear me out here and say like, what are you even sad about? You play in the NBA. Da, da, da. But like at the end of the day, I still have my goals and my realities. Yeah. And I still have things that I want to do just because I'm making you know money doing it and playing basketball or whatever doesn't mean I don't feel the same feelings. You know what I mean? So like, I learned this year that even if I wasn't playing or not, I'm going to approach each day. You know what? Instead of coming to practice with like, you know, an energy about you or even a feeling of trying to make it about you, I, I worked every day to come to practice, be positive, have a good outlook, and just like invest in the team. And I ended up enjoying my work better. And I ended up finding ways to just like manifest good, positive energy every day. And it helped me. And that's what helped me be ready when. I wouldn't play a whole half of a game. And then my I'd, coach would call my name third quarter, mid-quarter. And people don't understand how hard that no, is. No, people don't understand like sitting on the bench for an hour and a half yeah, and then we, just yeah. being called to go into an NBA game and hit an open shot or go guard the best player in the other team, which is what I would usually get something to do. It's not an easy thing to do. You know what I mean? Um, but it helped me because I was ready mentally just from being so engaged with the team. So I still enjoyed it, man. I, you know, I love Finchie. I love the coach. I love uh, I love uh, my guys over there, my teammates that I and friendships I was able to make this year. It was great. What is the first thing you did when you got back to Orlando, where you're from? I honestly I ordered uh, some tacos and uh, sat on my my couch in my house, and I just you just smell your house when you smell the new you know that that feeling that you when you come home, and I only get that obviously in the summer, so it it always helps the first like five, 10 minutes, you come home and you have that like yeah, fork of course, experience. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was nice just being home. Yeah. 
Let's talk about the series a little bit. I know it's tough playing your old team. Um, but Denver, they look good. Denver did look good. I know there's a lot of questions about them going into the playoffs. They had a rough end of the season. But I feel like I feel like the West is open for them, and I don't see why they couldn't come out. It's going to be a good series. You know what I mean? I, I, it's hard to go against Phoenix with their star power. And I just think Kevin puts them over the top. Without Kevin, I, I, I would do Denver in five. You know, yeah. um, With Kevin, it's a seven-game series. Does man. it bother you that the Suns struggled with you know, Clippers that didn't have Kawhi for half the time, didn't have Paul well, George? That's the thing. They, yeah, they, well, they had Kawhi for two of the games, right. which one of the wins. Um, and then that team is so deep that even without them, could they win a series? No, obviously. That's why it only went what? what? It went five. Yeah, they only won one game. And yeah. the game they won was with Kawhi. But it did, it, the games were close, though. Yeah, but that's because they got pros. Yeah. People don't understand, like, you're not just going to blow out Eric Gordon and Russell Westbrook, yeah. Marquise Morris and, you know, Covington and uh, who else they got over there? I'm, I'm blanking. But they got uh, uh, Bones Highland, Mason Plumley, Zubak, you know, yeah. Batum. These are all like verified pros. You know what I'm saying? Terrence, yeah. Terrence, uh, man, like they got they got talented players. So uh, Norman Powell, obviously, who was cooking, um, they got really good pros. So they had just enough to make every game competitive, sure. or even win. You know, but obviously the better team won the series. So they didn't have their stars. That's been an Achilles' heel for the Clippers now for since this Kawhi Leonard Paul George saga has even started. They haven't really been able to put it together. Um, it's been frustrating for fans just because each year we want to see these guys healthy competing against the league's best, but they, they can't seem to be healthy at the same time. And it's uh, it's been frustrating for basketball fans to watch. Yeah, it's not a good sign for load management. It, 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 if these people are doing load management and still getting hurt more than ever. So for me, it's, I don't know. Like, what do you, like, they, load management didn't exist before and players weren't getting hurt as much. So I don't, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. But if you're sitting out all year load managing and then you're hurt when it matters most, then I don't, I don't know what to say. It's just, yeah. it's a weird thing. I do feel like the Suns versus um, Denver is the Suns have individual talent. It's To me, it looks a lot more like your turn, your my, my turn, your turn on offense. And Denver's a complete team. They play together. So I actually, I think, I think the Nuggets are going to win that one. It's, uh, it's interesting because the teams are very similar in a fact, in, in a way that they're not deep teams. They don't have, they don't play a deep bench. The coaches are, are playing seven, Eight guys max. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really just gonna be a battle of starting lineup. You know, superpower versus superpower. Who's guarding Kevin Durant? You got Aiton for Jokic. We'll see how that turns out. Uh, he's guarded him pretty decent in the past. I wouldn't say he could slow him down because it's Jokic, but he's guarded him pretty well. Yeah. Um, you know, you got Devin and you got Chris and you got Jamal. You know, I mean, it's because. Uh, Phoenix lost a lot of their defense. You know, they lost Cam Johnson. They lost, you know, uh, Mikael Bridges. You know, these were guys that would guard the best player. Um, it, it, you know, Jay Crowder. A lot of the defensive guys that they had that they relied on are not there anymore. It's going to be interesting to see who gets that job. You know what I mean? Does Devin play both sides of the ball? He's been out. He's been amazing. Well, yeah, he's been he's been the best. He's probably been. A, Arguably the best player in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, so well, no, no, Jimmy. But we'll get to Jimmy Butler okay, later. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. We'll get to Jimmy Butler later. But that's Jimmy would be first. He's but, the runaway. But, yeah. but uh, after that, yeah, Devin's Devin's right there. You know, he's yeah. he's in the conversation. Brunson. It's a couple of guys who have been dominant. Uh, Can I get a prediction out of you for the series? I'm gonna go. I'm going Suns and seven. Wow, and that that would be on the road. Yeah, I have them. I have them 
Suns in seven. That'd be exciting. Uh, let's switch over to the Warriors Kings. It looks like it looks like the Warriors. But this is what we it all, looks like. No, but it looks like it's yeah. No, no. For come on, when they, when the Kings were up two zero. Uh, no, no. I was like, well, you can't just slack off all year and then think that you're gonna turn on the playoffs. It looks like they turned it on. I still didn't believe it though. Really. When I played for the Rockets a couple years ago, we played the Warriors. We went into Golden State. We lost first two games. Bam, bam. Down 0-2. We went back to Houston. We won the next two. It's tied 2-2. It's yeah. very easy. All you have to do is win game three. And then once you win game three, you're now only one. It's like that's how, it's all a mind game in the playoffs. Now you're like, oh, we're only one game down. We just got to win our next home game. Right. You don't think like, it's just how it's how you put it in your mind. Yeah. So I knew the Warriors were going to take care handle business. They won game three. And immediately after that, you know it's now a series. They win game four. Once I once they tied up the series, I told someone like I think a week ago, I go, they're gonna win four straight. Yeah. They just gotta get the rhythm. So you have them you have them finishing it off. I have the Warriors winning the series. Whether they even win next game or not, I think they'll win in seven. Regardless, I have the Warriors winning. I, I truth be be told, I, I don't have anybody beating the Warriors. Really? You have them winning the do you have them defending the title? I have the Warriors going to the finals. Going to the final winning the finals. I have the Warriors winning the finals. Wow. Yeah. Listen, they look good. And are you just saying that because Draymond Green recently posted about you in support of Austin, and now you're and now you're now you're now you're, now you're showing love back? Is that what's going on? Nah, man. This is this is just off experience of me playing in the West for the past six seven years, and this team has been the common denominator of what's you know inhibited me and what's limited me from yeah. ever getting to a conference finals. Is this one team, and I see all of them healthy right now. And all of them thriving. Andrew Wiggins has his legs back. He was gone for a while. So it's taken him, it's taken him time to start to get his rhythm back. Gary Payton Jr. is healthy. Poole's healthy. Looney's healthy. But, you know, Kaminga and them got that experience a little bit more now. Then you have Steph, man. Steph and Clay. I, yeah. I just, if they're healthy, I don't see someone beating them four times out of seven games. I, especially in Oracle. I just don't see it. No, I agree. They look good. And it's not like there's somebody else in the West that's so dominant that I can see it happen. Like the Suns are really good, but they're very top heavy, in my opinion. I think they have great superstars, and I think they have some decent role play. But I think overall, as a team, they they're, they're they don't have the, the the deepest team. I think if the I think if the Warriors run into the Nuggets and they beat them last year, um, and they saw them again, they know how to play Jokic. I think they would have all the confidence going into a series against the Nuggets if that's what happens in the conference finals. I I think they win. Yeah, they win the series. So the one series we're not talking about is the Lakers-Grizzlies. Do you think the Lakers finish it off? I do. And what do you make about Dylan Brooks deleting the Instagram, like basically wiping the Instagram, not talking to media after the games, after kind of being the villain the whole time? So he, here's my take on that. I, 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 think, I think Dylan, what people are seeing is he's, he's just a young man. I'm not saying kid because I don't want to disrespect him and he's not a kid. He lives a grown man lifestyle. He makes grown man choices. He plays in the NBA. I think he has a kid himself. He, make, a, he, makes, he makes grown man money. He's a grown man. He has, I think he has a kid himself. Yeah. Um, like he's still making his life choices and learning from them. And I think he became a part of something that he ended up deciding ultimately his decision. Like you said, you make man choices rolling with and that was being the villain. And I think you even saw probably that interview that even Draymond alluded to last night. He's like, it's really never no fun being the villain. Yeah. You enjoy it and you get attention. But after a while, like negativity is negativity and it wears people down. For sure. And I think Dylan first had this personality where he is, you know, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's boastful. You know, he 
talks the talk. He puts it out there. He's competitive. He competes. That's what right. I do admire about Dylan. Yeah. Um, and uh, people took it a certain way. Some people understood it. Some people embraced it. Regardless, it was getting so much attention. It was everywhere. It was all over the internet. And I think he fed into that. You know, he got the hair, started coming to the game with outfits. Each game was a comment from him. And it got more, you know, more and more uh, uh, boastful, more and more, uh, I, don't, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for. It's, it was not flamboyant, but it was out there. Yeah, he just he, it kept getting just more and more loud. The stuff he's saying was getting a little bit louder, a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more even you know offensive. You know, he's saying stuff that the LeBron comments were out of pocket. And then when he went that far with LeBron, who was such of a mountain of a person, just because I say his following, he, he he's like a he's bigger than just himself. You know what I mean? He went against the giant, right? And then you don't play the best after it. LeBron hits a game winner on you. On oh, you against the end one. Yeah. <laughs> you have all these dominoes fall. Then you don't do the media. So now the media is crushing you even more. I don't care who you are and how built you are, you think you are. Like, we're all human and everybody feeds better off positivity. It's a it's a it's a statistical fact. Well, even LeBron himself was the villain his first year in Miami and was decided, you know what? Not for me. Yeah, he every, everyone's admitted it's a it's a it's a it's a it's exhausting. exhausting man. It's exhausting. Like Charles Barkley was that. For yeah. most of his career. And now he's totally, uh, you know, humanized and, and more humble. And, and he's a whole different person. Quality of life's a lot better for sure. For yeah. Him, for sure. And I guarantee you he's more walking somewhere and having people look at you and say something positive and want a picture with you versus someone yelling out something negative to fuck with you right. are two different feelings as a person. Absolutely. And I can imagine for Dylan Brooks, that level of hate spilled in his inbox, spilled in a significant other's inbox. You know, he's got kids. He's got people like, you just don't want that shit, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm yeah, all for, for being sure. a villain, but there's levels to it. You know what I'm saying? And I, I know Dylan just not personally, but I just had a one a couple experience talking to him. Dude's a cool ass dude. No, I know him. He's, he's, he's yeah. And you boy, know him. You know I, him. Yeah, for sure. You know him much better than I do. Yeah. Exactly. He's, a, yeah, he's always cool. That's, 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 see what I'm saying? So that's why for we sure. know, we know this. Yeah. We know this thing that happened is not, I'm not saying it's not real, but it, it's something that I think got a little bit out of control. For and sure. I think the media did a, you know, a job of covering it. I think they did a bad job of, they do what they do best, man. You yeah. have to be careful with that shit. They will, they will turn you into. I mean, Dylan really ran with something, and it morphed into something that, like, people are like Dylan Brooks. Da, da, it's only something negative, almost. You know right. what I mean? And it's like that's a shame because he's a good player. No, he's not a star or anything like that, but he's a good complimentary player, a guy that you could throw in the game, and he can make a difference. He competes, he plays hard, uh, and he's not a bad guy, man. He's just he's he competes and doesn't take shit from anybody. He doesn't back down from anybody. The way it's put out there though has turned into something so crazy that it's like taken away from everything. You, you know what I mean? For sure. My my two things after listening to you right there, my two things that I take away from it are the first thing, I think, I think Dylan realized the reason that he's been kind of quiet and did whatever with Instagram. I don't do whatever. I think he realized it was hurting his team. I think it was it, it, the team. The team. His team was losing. Yeah. And when you're bringing that attention and you're losing, it's kind of like, okay, you know what? I'm not doing my team any favors. I'm here to help win. And I thought maybe he was hurt. He felt like he was hurting the team, I bet. And that's why he's not, he decided to go quiet, not talk to the media, this and that. The other thing I thought about when you, you know, just spoke about people receiving hate and it's everywhere, social media, and, it, and it, it's way easier to be loved. It made me think of Ben Simmons. Well, imagine, you know how much hate that guy's been getting recently? And it makes me feel for it. I actually do. It's tough. You do understand he's getting hate. You're like, you don't want to go outside and just receive hate everywhere you go. But every time he leaves the house, I'm sure people are thinking negative things. No, he's got it worse than anybody. Yeah. 
The only issue with Ben is the reason it's so uh, people are so unforgiving with him, and people are just so relentless with it with him is because it's so self inflicted. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's just due to personal decisions that he's kind of made. Not all, so a lot a, a lot of it's been out of his control. You know what yeah. I mean? Health and mental health is a real thing. Uh, I'm not one of those guys that thinks he's uh, just making up stuff. I do think no. he's he's gone through a lot. Well, that's what I'm talking about. The All neg- this negative yeah, the stuff. Neg- is, the negative stuff yeah. can't help you be more confident on the floor. Uh, even the strongest-minded, most confident guys, if you're just getting the level of hate that that guy's gotten, it's got to make just your daily life a little bit more difficult. Uh, so I do feel for him in that regard. You know, it's just tough for, I think, a lot of other people because they see Ben and get frustrated because it's like, man, like, there's a million other ways you could have went about this than no, you know, the sure. decision you made. But, you know, regardless, yeah, that's it, definitely there. Uh, you know, you hope to see him back next. You know, you're healthy, healthy with the. Uh, yeah, no matter what you think of him, everyone enjoyed watching him play. And when he was at his peak, it, you know, it was good. It was fun. He was a good young player. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. The talent's still there. The athleticism's still there. The size is still there. Did he forget how to pass? No, he was never a good shooter. That's why I, I really personally I don't understand the the whole pressure thing with him and shooting. Who gives a fuck? You've never been a good shooter. Yeah. You dominated the NBA before. You, haven't there been haven't there been all stars in the past that were six ten whatever he is that couldn't shoot? I don't know why this is a big deal right now. The best player in the NBA can't shoot. Yeah, the best player in the NBA. That's a beautiful can't shoot. segue. I wanted to talk about. That. Okay, let's get let's go over to the Eastern Conference then. This is obviously what the story of the NBA is right now. The one seed, the Milwaukee Bucks, lost to the eight seed. I didn't think Miami was going to make the play in after watching them lose to the Hawks. Uh, I thought the Bulls were actually going to make it, and and they end up not just. The eight seed didn't just beat the one seed. They beat him in five. Yeah, they, they beat him in five. And this is what everyone was talking they about. Dominated. Everyone was saying the Heat are a scary team. The playoff Heat, they turn it on when they need to. They did. It was everything that people were worried about. Um, Jimmy. I think he's my favorite player in the NBA. <laughs> the guy's, he's, he's unreal. Yeah. Why isn't he like that in the regular season? And no, don't get me wrong. He's a good player in the regular season. But yeah. What makes him so special in the playoffs? Well, I think he, there's just more attention there, more care there. Uh, I think there can be a level of coast during the season. I think it sometimes probably bothers Eric Spolstra, you know, just because going the play-in route, playing that one seed, it's tiring. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, they, they won the first round, but do they have energy left for second round or where are they trying to get to? You know what I mean? Getting right. the easiest path to the finals or the best path is important too. That's why there's such thing as a top seed, right? So I think it's frustrating sometimes because during the season, you'll see Jimmy like, you know, again, like you said, he's a good player. But during the playoffs, he turns a switch of a different level of competitiveness on both sides of the ball. But more particularly on offense, he's much more aggressive to score. And he shoots the ball strangely better. He starts, That's what I want to say. It, okay, It's like, I don't know what it is. He turns what? into like, a he morphs into like... Would you say he's a great shooter? No. Would you say he's the best handle? No. Would you say he's the best finishing package no, around the rim? He's just a no. hooper. Why? What? He's, he's so ju- good. He's just a hooper. He just gets shit done. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it. It's a little bit of Kawhi though. No, it's no, no. A, I, I was actually talking to someone yesterday. Kawhi's just more everyone polished. Everyone we talk about, like we think... Everyone... Jimmy Butler is what we want Kawhi to be. The... I think he is that guy. I think he is the dog. He's out there. He's the one that... He's not as skilled. I, I just think he's the... Spolster said it best. He's a generational competitor. He competes harder than anyone. No, he is. He yeah. is. Yeah, he is. I mean, I guess you could... I mean, it's fair to make that argument with Jimmy. I mean, Jimmy and Kawhi are definitely in the same type of category. I mean, but he reminds me of him. It's like Kawhi's not the quickest. He's not the most athletic. He's not the greatest shooter. He could shoot, though. I mean, don't get no, it twisted. No, 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 he's, yeah. He could shoot... Especially when it matters. Same with, same with Jimmy. When it matters, these guys hit shots. It's crazy. Yeah. 
I mean, Kawhi was incredible in the two games he played versus Phoenix. He had 30 he's the best, best player in the series. Yeah, in, the, in the two games he played, he was the best player in the series. Absolutely. So that tells you everything right there, how elite he is. I mean, yeah. Kawhi, Kawhi that's, that's what's so frustrating with Kawhi. When he's healthy, he's top five. Uh, you know, but uh, what is Jimmy like right now? What, well, Jimmy, what, the playoff Jimmy's top five. <laughs> <laughs> how many top fives? Yeah. There's eight guys in the top five right now. It's crazy. Yeah, there's some guys having some. Who's your favorite guard in the NBA right now? Right now, you mean someone that's still to watch? Playing? If you have to watch one guard right now in the playoffs, it's still playing. so easy. To, oh, in the playoffs, yeah. Well, Jimmy Butler's been my favorite watch in the playoffs. He's been my favorite watch. My favorite watch in the playoffs has been Jalen Brunson. Really. His he is. Didn't I ask you maybe last week or two weeks ago, Garland or Brunson? I don't know what you answered. Brunson. Yeah, you're you're okay. I think you're all the way, Brunson. Now, I like Garland. Kids got game. Garland's had a lot of game. Br- Br- Brunson's just a different. I think. Br- I don't know if you just watched the the Cleveland series. No, of course. No, Brunson's the difference maker. He's yeah, the he's, best signing of the offseason. Yeah, he's Br- unreal. Brunson is the real deal, and the fact that he's doing it with his body makeup, like and how he's built. But I mean, he's his skill level and 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 footwork is probably the best in the NBA for a point guard. I mean, yeah. he has the best footwork in the league. It's insane. Yeah, and he's uh, I mean, he's he's shredding people up right now. Uh, he's been one of my favorite watches of the playoffs. Yeah, it's almost a throwback type of guard. It's not it's not your Westbrook D Rose no, flying no, around no, John no. Murray. There's no. something. It's, something it's else. straight. It's straight drill work, <laughs> footwork, craftiness. Yeah, I mean, he's crafty, man. He gets in that paint. I mean, dude, doodles back down a center. And hit him with some pivots and get a layup off. I mean, it's insane. I bro. think we're finding out he's just a winner. I think he won in high school, won in college. The Mavs had their best season in forever. It's, it's with interesting him, to see him and Josh. Again. Him and Josh link up. Yeah, because they have a rapport. They have a, a mutual understanding, respect. They've went to battle together. They've won together. Having those two, it's interesting the dynamic there with RJ because yeah. you can only finish with one of them in the game, right? Which has been interesting because uh, you got Brunson. You but got, it's a good problem to have. It is a good problem it, it, to have. so much talent. And RJ had his game too. He had, yeah. a, he had a game where he hooped. No, he did. RJ will always give you offense yeah, they have and a compete. Lot of, it's, yeah. I've never said this about a Knicks team. They have a lot of weapons. They do have <laughs> weapons. I had them winning the Heat series. Really? I that's what I was, That was my next question. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's going to be a tough grind out. You might get some low scoring games. The only there. thing that's, that, that, that worries me is I don't know who they put on Jimmy. No, but they're, 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 that's, a, that's a tough team, though. It's, who, it's Quentin Grimes. Uh, Quentin Grimes is 6'2", man. Okay, okay, let's keep going. Who, they, they, no, that's how, this is the problem. Who, who guards Jimmy? Seriously. Yeah, but can Jimmy do it again for another series where he puts the team on his back? They eventually only played five miss, games. Um, eventually, they're going to miss Tyler Hero. Yeah, but it's not like they went to a seven-game series. They only played five games. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, the, the series went to five. I just got done with the five game series. It's it's okay. Now again, I didn't play as much as <laughs> I, 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 I wasn't doing as much as Jimmy. The usage rate wasn't as yeah, 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 right, right. right. No, no, yeah, my, my usage rate was a shy bit. Uh, <laughs> it's a shy bit smaller in, uh, than than Jimmy's, but nonetheless. Uh, oh, you got the next winning. I, I think. I mean, listen. This series reminds me of the PJ Brown, the the Chris Childs, the Allen Houston, the. Larry Johnson, the Alonzo Mourning. This is the old school Knicks. Heat. This like, really is heat. an old school Knicks Heat series. I, I, did you think throughout the year we might catch these two? Like, no, you were thinking. Celtics, I, I want to go to a game. Bucks. Yeah, this, it's going. I would be like nuts. to go to a Knicks game. Yeah, that environment's going to be crazy. Second round. You know, before I don't want to. I don't want to leave the the Bucks Heat series too quick without without asking you. What do you think about Giannis's post game? You know, speech about. How the series, how the season's not a failure because you didn't win the title. Well, it's it's always for it's interesting. I've I've gotten to uh, stand back and kind of just look at the reactions of people taking that video. 
Um, it's all based upon who you are as a person, how you interpret that. For most people with understanding to, you know, what he's saying is correct. Uh, not everything is a failure. Just because you don't win, you're a failure. One team only wins, man, every year. There's only one winner. There's only one winner that wins. Yeah. Everyone else loses. It can't be considered a failure as a, as a year. There's, I mean, and also it's who are we talking about failing? Are we talking about using an individual or are you saying from a team aspect? The team aspect... I think he's putting it the two hand in hand. But my thing is there's, the team fails, there's too he, many avenues I mean, as a team. Uh, for instance, right? What's a team? OKC. They lost. Was this year a failure? Absolutely not. It was a success. They went to the play-in. They got farther. Their, their player... Yeah, but Austin, this is a team that won the title. I and know he's the that, best player in the world, people say. But that's, I, he, I think he is the best player in the world. But that's my point. Perspective is everything. So is that, does that mean it's a failure for them as a team, individually? Hey, hey. I'm going to go ahead and say it. You lose in the first round. You have the best record all year. You have the best player in the season. I know he missed a couple games. You have the best player in the world. You have the best record all year. You lost in five to the eight seed. Why can't, it is a failure, but I don't understand why he's saying it's not a failure. You didn't learn. But the, you know, I understand there's like building blocks. Michael Jordan lost to the Pistons and he learned. That wasn't a failure. He was learning how to beat them. What did he learn? What did, what did Giannis learn this year? I think <laughs> that Jimmy I, Butler's good at basketball. Like, like what, did he, what, yeah, what did he learn? I'm sorry. It's not. It's, it's a failure. I think it's okay to say it's a failure of a season. And also, I think we should respect what LeBron did going to eight straight finals. I think looking at that, Giannis, best player in the NBA, how hard is it to go to the finals? Eight straight finals? Come on. Yeah, eight straight is insane. People yeah. really always Putting talk about perspective a little people bit. People always talk about him losing in some of those finals, but people don't understand getting to the finals eight straight times is fucking insane. That's the worst argument you can make. Should he have lost in the conference finals? Would that have been a better look than losing in the finals? Everyone's talking about his finals record. Would it have been better if he was four and zero in the finals instead of four and six? Should he have lost before? Is that better? <laughs> yeah, right. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Michael Jordan was losing to the Pistons, and and he was going to the finals and losing. What's better, losing in the finals or losing in the conference finals? Yeah, right. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't know. I just want to That's a LeBron. good point. No, no, no a good I don't point. want to go on a LeBron, Michael I guess Jordan it, talk. Uh, thing, so if you, if you think about it from that perspective, then yes, it's a failure of a season for the Bucs. I think what Giannis was trying to say, or not even trying to say, I think what Giannis was doing is, for, A, I think we both understand, as a competitor, it's very hard to admit right after a game emotionally that everything you just did for the past six months, all hundred something of those days, is considered failure. Yeah. There had to be some level of growth, some level of experience that made you better as a human and as a basketball player during that past year. And I think that's what he's saying. And that's what he was holding on to in a moment of failure. You just lost first round to a team that your team is severely better than. Right. He didn't play in a couple of those games. That's he the didn't, one thing No, I'll he say. didn't play in a, couple of game, in a couple of those games, but Bucks are supposed to win that series. Right. Right. That's probably why in some of those games he didn't play because they were expected to still win without him. And they did win a game without him, so they probably rolled the dice. So they rolled the dice and kept going. We don't know how hurt he is, but... No, we, no, 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 we don't. We don't yeah. know that question. But regardless, the Bucs were still favored to win that series. It didn't happen. Now it's like someone asks in the moment after, yo, do you consider this a failure? Most competitors would be like, you know what? I mean, no, because I learned this. and I Because that's the truth of the matter. Is I guarantee right. you what he's going through right now is a life experience. It is a, he's, he's learning that's something fair. as a player, as a leader. So he's like, I can't consider this a failure because this right now, what he's going through, might, it might be the ladder and bridge that leads to him having a championship next year because of the experiences he's having right now, losing as a captain and having a first round upset exit. But there's another side of it to like what you said. Yeah. The, you are the number one seed and you just lost to the A seed in five games. 
that is considered for most people a failure. That's the reality and of the situation. You, and now, too. if you take away that title that year where KD's foot was on the line, Kyrie was out, James Harden was hurt, that title he won, if you take that away, what are we? Lo- we're looking at a weird. I mean, run. we're still looking at dominance. This guy's been the, what, arguably the best player in the league for however long. Oh, for sure. I'm just saying. He's got two MVPs, bro. He should have more. Maybe he could have more. He's, 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 he's the best saying, player in the NBA. He is Maybe the best player in the yeah, yeah. If you had to build around one player, Right now, going forward, uh, most people would pick Giannis. Yeah, unless it was you know one game one night, then I'm, I might go Jimmy Butler. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but he is on fire. It's obviously right I'm, now, I'm yeah. One game one, one night. One hard. game one night. Who do you go with? Oh, one game one night. One game for your one life, night for your life. Who do you go with? I'm I'm a, obviously you know I'm a big LeBron fan. Obviously, he's in his twentieth year. I think I'm going Steph Curry. Steph Curry, one game one night. And I know that's probably not a popular pick. Because people want to say Giannis or even Joel or someone like that. I think I'm going Steph. Healthy? Everyone's healthy. Yes. I'm going Kawhi Leonard. Really? One game, one night. Kawhi's got to go win a game, give it his all. I'm going Kawhi Leonard, man. Yeah. I need him to sign something that he'll play the whole game. Then he's going to be <laughs> healthy. This guy load manages more than any. It's nuts. Uh, all right, let's take a break. The NBA playoffs are here and you can turn crossovers into cash with FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RingerNBA right now and place a $5 bet and you'll get an instant $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. And there are new exciting bets that you'll only find on FanDuel. For example, largest comeback, both teams to score in the first minute of the game, and last basket score. Tonight, I think the Lakers and the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies will come out big knowing it's a do or die game, but the Lakers, fueled by their home crowd, will make a big comeback and finish them off. And there's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Just go to fanduel.com slash ringer NBA and sign up to get 150 bucks in bonus bets when you bet your first five bucks. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 and up in present select states. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. Call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under the agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. Call 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana or 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. Call 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Before we get back into the playoffs, can I tell you what I did this morning? Mike Miller worked out Paolo. Yeah. I participated in the workout, got some rebounds, maybe made some passes. Dude, he's huge. He's the real deal. Yeah. It's crazy. He's so big and has a lot of, so much skill. 
um, rookie of the year. I wanted to ask you, I'm going to parlay that little brag into, he wasn't unanimous rookie of the year. Uh, a couple Salt Lake guys voted Walker Kessler. How do you feel about that? Well, my second was Jalen Williams from OKC. But how could you not vote Paolo in the, the rookie of the year? Dude, he had a third place vote. No, I said second. Right. I said my second was Jalen Williams. Paolo, Paolo was it's my first choice. It's crazy that he's not unanimous. I think the this year voting that, is the year that he had with the numbers that he put up and just his overall play. I, I think the rookie year was won by All Star break. Yeah, uh, uh, but you know, people like the idea of Kessler. Yeah, I, I like Kessler as well, but he just—it's it, not even in the same. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I don't, exactly. That just tells you why you, first teams. Some of these awards, the voting is they're is not shocking. always is just you know, there's some guys that vote matter and some some of the choices they make are subjective. But a lot of the contracts, though, and different things rely on know. this voting for these awards. You know, you, the money is at, at stake, right? But they don't view it like that because they just don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I mean, you, these guys give opinions every day. The comments that. The comments that Stephen A. Smith said about Kawhi Leonard. He should retire? Not only should he retire, that he's one of the, top, one of the worst superstars ever. It's the most insulting and ridiculous thing that I've ever seen. It's um, absolutely well, ridiculous. What do you think he meant by that? Because he's saying in terms of, okay, you're going to sign a guy to Max. He's going to be the face of your franchise. He doesn't really... Is he putting on for the organization? I love... I heard he's... And, and then Stephen A. was saying things I don't know about, like special treatment he's getting, all this other stuff. And then he doesn't play. And then he's not there when the team needs him most. I think he means if you're gonna, if you have two max slots, let's say, let's say on a team, are you he's one of the worst max guys you can get? Let me say this. This this is what I'll say it. I'll say it quickly. Uh I think Stephen A reacted on what's a dangerous thing to do as a media person, and he knows this better than anybody. He's been doing it much longer than me. And that's emotion. And I think as a fan of the game and as a competitor in all of us, everybody wanted. That Kevin Durant, CP, Devin, Aiton team to go up against a fully loaded Clippers team for just the sake of good basketball and the sake of who's gonna what who's gonna win? Is Katie gonna lose first round after joining this team? How crazy of a story would that be? Uh, uh, I also there's a history with Kevin and Steven. I, I know that's I think been buried I think since, but like. There's been exchanges there. I don't know. So maybe yeah. he wanted people wanted Kawhi to play this series, man. That's a good and point. Then, maybe he wanted. Yeah. Then you okay. then you you win game one and you dominate. Right. You lose game two, but you dominate. And then you're it's announced that the incident happened game one, but you were able to play game two. Yeah. And then now game three suddenly you can't play, and then game four and game five you're also out. The com the, the competitive spirit and frustration. I believe, and again, I don't know this for anybody listening. This is just my opinion based on what I saw. I think the frustration in Stephen A. Smith spoke that day. And you add that, that he's also got a job where you got to say stuff and, you know, there's views and clicks and attention and sound bites and click baits and fuck whatever. And I think you combine all those things and comments like that get made. Because if you take a step back from, you know, everything and really look at his scope of a career as a player, it's remarkable. It's, He's all defensive teams, uh, NBA champion, finals MVPs, 
this guy, that alone right there, multiple time all-star, that alone right there makes him not the worst superstar of all time. There are so many superstars that played, didn't act the right way, didn't win, but put up good numbers. He's won championships and carried teams. To say he's the worst ever is, is just, it's just ridiculous. And again, I understand. Superstar, not worst star. No, he's a, he is a superstar. Right. But the worst, I mean, there's, okay. there's a lot of superstars. The Clippers man. signed him to an extension, right? Two year deal. Last year, missed the full year. So, whatever that deal was, that extension was for, was just for this year. And he missed a lot of this year and didn't play when they needed him. That entire extension was just for that. That's a, that's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. It's not not good. Let's say he got 80 million for that extension. I don't know what the numbers are. I don't have them in front of me. He got 80 million for completely missed last year, got a little bit of this year, and not in the playoffs. No, no, no. And that's where the frustration, and that's where the frustration is valid. That's why Stephen A is so frustrated because they have load managed. And on top of that, it hasn't gone well. He's he's done load management and then gotten more hurt. So asking someone to retire is crazy. Obviously, that's not Asking someone to retire is insulting. It's It's insulting. And I love Stephen A, but JJ's Redick, JJ Redick's response was like, listen, I don't need to be personal, but you have never been an athlete. And he said that to him and I don't even know the other guy, Mad Dog or whatever his name is. He said something about, you know, like you guys have never played and you haven't. And I respect both of them. They're legends in their craft, especially Stephen A. In the in the world of, of of media, the world that me and you are now a part of now, he's done it at the highest level for the longest time. I give him nothing but respect. Right. With that being said, it is as a fan, a super fan, such a super fan, in fact, that you've been able to work your ass off and maneuver your ways up in becoming what you are as a media person, Stephen A. But you've never been an athlete. You've never put the time in, you, in, in that way, the, the physical part, the mental part, the pressure part of being an athlete. You haven't. Right. So asking someone to retire is just beyond disrespectful. That's where he drawed the line. I also think he drawed the line when he called him the worst superstar, the, sorry, the worst superstar ever. His championship runs alone don't qualify him for any of those things. Right. I think where Stephen A. Smith is coming from is pure frustration. And I get that part because- But it's almost flattering. The frustration of, I want, I wish he was out there it, playing. That's, he means it in a way like, bro, you are, and he even said that. Stephen A. Smith said, when this guy's healthy, he's the baddest brother on the planet. Right. When, when, and I, that tells you Stephen A. Smith's comments weren't made out of hatred. I don't even think Stephen A. Smith meant the things he said. I think he just crossed the line just due to frustration, man. Yeah. I think guys are kind of sick of Kawhi being hurt. They miss Toronto Kawhi. They miss San Antonio Kawhi. They've seen that when Kawhi's healthy with the Clippers, he dominates just like we saw two weeks ago. Right. And now off a, off a whim, he's hurt. It, it's come to find out he has a torn meniscus, so it, it's, it wasn't no bullshit. But it's just, it's frustrating, man. His and body's that, failing him. It's, it's And that's, that's what's been tough for Stephen A. Uh, I think that started, obviously, I think when my pops and them were there to get him, the stuff that they had to pull on and off the court. There's a lot of things that came with Kawhi. And Steve, Man, he alluded to that. Stephen and, yeah, alluded Stephen A's alluded to that, and and it's it's been controversial. You know what I mean? And it's just really frustrating when all these things are given, and then you're not getting what you want, and that's Kawhi on the basketball court. Because when he plays, there's nothing arguable you, you, about how been dominant on teams he is. Where guys get special treatment, and we don't have to name names. Every team gets special right, treatment, but there's there's nothing. There's levels, right? There's definitely when you go to work. Degree. Does every employee get treated no, the same? Of course, not, it's of course no not. difference in the NBA team. Does I, it create a divide at all? No, I, the the last person on the team should not expect to get treated like the best. It's the okay. dumbest idea. It's just a, I, I I've never been treated like the superstar, and that's completely fine with me. Why the fuck 
what I think, I walk into the Timberwolves organization and think every coach, GM, and owner is going to treat me and talk to me as if I'm Anthony Edwards. Yeah. It's just the idea that is it doesn't work like that anywhere else in the in the world of business. I'm not saying you don't talk to someone and there's a level of disrespect and you don't uh you know put out there someone's acknowledgement and existence. I'm not, I'm I'm not saying that. But equal treatment is a word that's thrown around in the workplace sometimes. And I'm not talking about because of race or gender. Put all that aside cuz I understand that's a whole different conversation and that stuff's real. I'm saying in the line of sports or even in just in jobs in general. Not everyone gets treated the same by Of course. Exactly. So what, what are we talking about here? The, 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 those guys get favors. Those guys also put fans in the seats. Those guys also sell jerseys. Those guys also make billions of dollars for organizations. Those guys also win the games. Those guys also have the ball in their hands and are putting up 30 a night. They want to get a boy hired or somebody this or that. They might get a little extra privilege and probably the guy on the end of the bench who doesn't right. do shit for the team in terms of like in the game success because everybody has a role. Even the last player on the bench has a role. Uh, but there's, it's not equal treatment. For sure. The other series that we haven't spoken about is we got the Celtics versus the Hawks. That just wrapped up last night. I feel like my initial reaction is the Hawks, they did, they did just well enough to kind of, like, it's okay. All right, let's, bring, let's do the Trey Young thing again. Let's bring him back. Because if, if it would have went bad, I thought maybe there's a chance they blow it up. But I think they did just well enough, game winner in the playoffs, scared a really good Celtics team, that it's just enough to kind of keep the ball rolling with the with that Hawks team. I mean, yeah, they definitely surprised everybody by going into Boston and winning game game five. Um, Trey was spectacular. Scored the last, what, 14-something points, 17 points. Um, I don't know. Do you think that makes the Celtics look bad that it went that far? Or do no, you think, that, do you think the Hawks are actually maybe no. just that talented? I think they expected to win in Boston and were surprised by the play of Atlanta. And then Trey got hot at, you know, late and things can happen in a basketball game. Uh, we easily could have just won that game in Denver. We lost. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we could have snuck that game and then who knows what would have happened. Like anything can happen. Um, Boston went back home and handled business. Or they went back on the road and handled business, which right. is even more impressive. For sure. That they dropped, the, you know, uh, the home game and were able to kind of, you know, muster the energy, the strength to to go down to Atlanta in a hostile environment and get that dub. Uh, I have a Boston-Golden State rematch. Okay, so, so we were skipping over it. Boston, Sixers, you have Boston. I have Boston. And I'm rooting for Philly just due to family ties for obvious reasons, right? You know, yeah. I want the homies to win. PJ, D-House, who else I got over there? Uh, obviously, like I said, Pops, James. You know, those are guys that I'm, uh, I've, uh, Sam, my little brother. You know, I got a lot of ties, obviously, in Philly. Daryl Morey. So I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping that they're able to pull that out. With that being said, you know, Boston's a monster of a team. And they're yeah. so deep and they're, they're experienced. They're so solid, especially everybody they have in their backcourt. They got like four really good guards, five between Brogdon, six men of the year. Derek White. Derek who's, White, who's played out of his mind this year. He's played sure. really good basketball. Marcus Smart. And then obviously you got the, the usuals. You know, you got Jalen Brown, you got Tatum. Um, they got plenty. They're just well-rounded. I, I, I think them and the Warriors play in a seven-game series again. Yeah. I'm not, it, I'm not worried about... Boston having a hard time with the Hawks. The last time Boston won the title was 08. They went seven games with the Hawks. They had a seven-game series in the second round against LeBron. 
six-game series against the Pistons. Like, the road was long. It, it, you don't have to always necessarily sweep the first team that you play to win the title. It There's been times where you have a battle in the first round and still go deep into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And if anything, it's almost... I would like to see the Sixers get tested a little more. I don't like that they kind of just breezed over the Nets because now they're going to run into a Boston team. It's gonna, it's a different level. They're going to have to turn that switch. Yeah. They're going to have to turn that switch. And I know they've already turned one switch from a regular season, from preseason to regular season, there's a switch. From regular season to the playoffs, there's a switch. And then I believe deep in the playoffs, there's a, a different level of a switch um, that you know, oh shit, we're like a series of two away from the finals. It's go like It's like a, even better basketball than first round. It's a cleaned up version of the first round. It's like ultimate, pure, like watching the finals last year, the defensive uh, rotations between Boston and Golden State was a work of art. Yeah. If you like really watch basketball, watching rotations and guys' communication on the defensive end, the lack of mistakes, it's, and then the elite play on the, you know, on the contrary, the offensive end play, like, bro, it's just such high-level basketball. And I think that's the switch that Philly's going to have to tap into to beat Boston because they've been there and they've done it before recently. If I had to ask you, I want you to rank the teams left in the playoffs. You obviously have Warriors won. You think the Warriors are probably the favorites to win it in your mind? I think the Warriors win the West. I think Boston wins the East. I think Warriors win it all, yeah. So your rankings would be Warriors won, Boston two. Who would be third? Phoenix. So you have Phoenix definitely being, yeah, okay. I have Phoenix Warriors Conference Finals. They can go either way. And this is hard for me to say because Denver's really good and it is so hard to put anything past a healthy LeBron and Anthony Davis. But they have to win Memphis, which I, which I think they'll do. I just don't know if... Bro, I don't see anybody beating the, the, the Warriors in seven games. Hey, you're respecting the guy, the four-time champ. Yeah, I just I don't see it, man. I've, just, I've, seen, I've seen what wins, they can do. If Steph wins another title and he has more than LeBron in the same era... He has six, right? No, he has five. And LeBron has four. What, what would that mean to you? Would no, 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 no. Steph has four, LeBron has four. Yeah, okay. What would it mean? What, what would that mean to you? Would it mean anything if Steph had five and LeBron had four? I, I, maybe he just had a better, better, better team, better it, franchise. The reason it doesn't mean anything is because Steph's not in the conversation right now as being the best player of all time. Conversations change, though. If he wins another one, conversations start changing. Conversation starts changing, but just because you win one more title because your team was able to make a run and win one year, does it now just wipe away the last 20 years of greatness from LeBron James? It just doesn't. Steph Curry is going to go down as one of the greatest players to ever play in the NBA. He's the greatest shooter of all time. That's not even negotiable. Uh, with his teammate Clay probably being second, which I don't even think that's negotiable. I think you can make You know what? That's tough. I have a question for you. If Damian Lillard, for example, or another really good player that could shoot was off the ball, just catch and shoot threes. They can't shoot like that off the ball. That's why they don't do it. No one can shoot like him off the ball. He's the greatest shooter. Bro, the shit he does... So if Damian Lillard wanted to be Clay and play off the ball and shoot threes... How do you want to be Clay? I'm saying, like, only, like, not take hard threes. Yeah, but that's a different type of game. Damian Lillard needs his first step. He likes going left. He likes his dribble. His his, His dribble three is a rhythm dribble. It's part of his shot. Like, I like my step back. Like, there's... I like my jab. I can't just be like... I'm gonna play like Buddy Hill today. Yeah, I, I, I you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I, I can, and again, I'm capable of catching shooting, but that's not my strongest point. Damian Lillard can for sure catch and shoot. He's one of the greatest shooters of all time, too. By the way, for sure, he is. I, he's probably he might be three. No, I, I, he probably is three. He's up there. Yeah. I mean, I, Ray Allen's in there somewhere. I, I and uh, if we're talking, yeah, off the dribble. But again, Damian's range is silly. You know what I mean? His abilities. Yeah, he's up there too. 
But Clay is my, I think Clay's unanimous second. Regardless, yeah, that, you know, I think Steph's up there. He's at a, he's, he's a, he's a top five possible player and a top 10 player of all time, not just shooter. But LeBron James is one, man, or two. Whoever, depending on what era. The fact that you have to debate with him, whether it's him and Gordon, I mean, him and Jordan, they're both goaded. Yeah. Him and MJ are both goaded. Jordan's one, Jordan's two, LeBron's one, LeBron's two. Who gives a fuck? They're, they're both the goaded. You know what I mean? So it's like... Do you, do you participate in those, those arguments? Those are the most popular arguments. You know, I went to dinner last it's, time with some people. Not, it's not, we got into the argument. It's hard to be... It's hard to debate because they both played two different types of games yeah. and two different types of eras and they have totally two different careers. LeBron's like all in NBA 20 years. You know, Michael quits in the middle of his prime to go play fucking baseball. And, you know, comes back, retires early, 13. It's just like, it's so hard, man. You know, LeBron is on social media. He's, he's this, he's this, his presence, his all of this. Michael was more of this spectacle off the court reserved, playing an area with no social media. Didn't have any of those things. Yeah, the, the mystery of Michael, I think, back then well, was adds a little appeals, adds, adds to this. That's why the documentary was so intriguing because everyone's like, we want to know more about Michael. We want to yeah, know more. Yeah, you didn't more. get enough content. Like, fuck, I know everything about LeBron. I know everything he eats on a Tuesday. It's tacos. Like, 100%. I, 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 you know, it's just... Absolutely. Yeah, so it's just like, I don't, I think sometimes we get so used to LeBron's greatness that we take him for granted. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just what happens. Uh, you just get used to things. That's what people do. I, you'll definitely appreciate LeBron a lot more down the road years later when you realize that no one in their 20th season is still a top 10 guy in the NBA. What's, what's you, Donis Haslam? Donis Haslam, same, same draft as LeBron, 2003. Right. And, and by the way, that's not a diss to you, Donis Haslam. No, you Props that he's still on an NBA roster. Everyone else that's with LeBron is not playing. No, no, anymore. no, no. no. I, I Careers have, have come and gone. I have nothing but respect for you, Donis Haslam. Yeah. And he's, he's had a great uh, uh, career as a role player. And I admire the biggest thing about him is that he's been able to play for one fucking team his whole career, bro. This guy grew up in Miami, went to Gangsville for University of Florida, then got drafted by the Miami Heat and plays back in his hometown for his entire career. If, if, I, if I'm not jealous of that, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I got nothing to respect there. With that being said, if you look at him right now, that that that's a normal human being 20 years in the league. That's 99.9%. That's how, that's what I would look like, anybody would look like in their 20th season in the NBA. LeBron mm -hmm. is a freak. You know yeah. what I mean? He, he truly is. And everyone else that he came out with, it's not, they're not even around anymore. It's so, not even a thing. No, 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 no. Careers have come and gone. He's out. Um, I got something else for you. Last night, big argument. I want to know your thoughts. It was Paul Pierce or T-Mac. You know, the crazy thing is, if you tweeted that, right, or if ESPN tweeted Paul Pierce versus T-Mac, right. a lot of people would scoff at that and laugh oh, and say oh, T-Mac. Really? And I think that here's my reasons why. A, Paul Pierce has gotten a lot of bullshit since he's retired. Some self-inflicted. Oh, no, no. Uh, we're, we're not going down the self-inflicted road. I, I, listen, we know what's okay. self-inflicted and what's not, okay? I don't even need to go through that. We know his choices and the right. things he's made. With that being said, you know, Paul's Paul, man. Like, whatever. We all make we all make mistakes, right? The guy said the comments about Dwayne Wade, which ended up, they did that on live TV, and he's like, he has three of this, you have two of this, and yeah, no, Jalen Rose came out viral. Again. That's like a whole viral thing. Of course. And that's been replayed a hundred million times to Instagram to the point where like people are synonymous with Paul Pierce in that video. People are synonymous with whether it's him in the wheelchair or did he take something to go take a shit? 
That's why he had to go. And he's had to come out publicly and say six times. That's not what happened. Right. And then obviously the Instagram live thing. And again, I know they made a big deal of that, but he was, dude was smoking some weed and had some girls in the back and they're playing poker. Like just the madness is, again, I know it's not the most professional thing to be doing, especially on live. Sure. You got kids watching shit like that. So, you know, you got to be, you got to be understanding of that. But like yeah. in the grand scheme of things, he's not a bad human being. He's only done what the rest of the world has ever done. With that being said, this is the things that I think his name is synonymous with. Like, like basically, legacy has a lot to do with things that have nothing to do with your actual career. That's nothing to do with basketball. Because if you right. look at his basketball career, if you go and actually watch Paul Pierce or look at highlights, bro, he was an animal, bro. Yeah, I watched it firsthand. He played for my dad. He won a championship for him. He was the best player on the team. He, he went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Kobe in 08. He was the finals MVP of the series. He was the finals MVP right. versus Kobe in the Lakers. Yeah. So we're not talking about some like pushover. People scoff at Paul Pierce and have this energy with him. That like this guy wasn't that dude in Boston sports mania for however long he was there. Played for one team his whole career until he got to the end, and that's when he obviously bounced around. But for his whole pre and prime, no, and there, he there, was Boston. There, there were some years there too that no one thinks about where he went to the conference finals with Antoine Walker and Walter McCarty, and they lost to the Nets. And you know the conference finals, he he, he did things without the big. Three. No, no, no. Before People the, think about the big three. He was also a hooper. No, back he was then. he was a multi-year. Remember when he was dribbling on Al Harrington and dribbling it out, and then made the face and made Talk the shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, the yeah. truth. Yeah, no, no he was sure. nasty, man. With that being said, my response to that argument between him and T Mac is, and I always say this about a lot of people. It's peaks versus career. I think T Mac's peak. He was the he was better than yes. Paul Pierce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Pierce has a better body of work, better career. And that's and that's a big argument, I think. It's a great point. It's a better peak versus a better career. Yeah. Yeah. Last question that I have for you, and we talked about it yesterday too. Every argument I have with people, I'm just going to bring it to you on the pod. I hope that's okay. That's fine. So this is where we settle it. Tim Duncan, peak Tim Duncan, be good in today's NBA the way he He would plays. be good in any NBA. So he's... He's timeless. He would dominate. Back down for the Prime, like 2003? I mean, like... No, no, yeah, yeah, no, no. Those early 2000s, Tim Duncan was a beast. He was unbelievable. Does that... But do people play like that now? Because now they want your bigs to be like Clint Capella, Bro, Seth Green's and Rimmer. If you could put the ball in the basket, you put the ball in the basket. They throw down to Jokic and he dominates down there, bro. Yeah. Bro, so Tim Duncan is timeless. It's all about tying him to a good guard. Oh, man. Yeah, he's timeless, bro. He could shoot, made his free throws, had could play the glass better than anybody, had a good mid-range. If anything, that guy was so fucking talented, man. That if that guy sat in the gym all summer and shot threes, I guarantee you he could make the improvement. Right. Al Horford went from being a notorious man. well, Brooke Lopez. Let's talk about Brooke Lopez. No, but either one of them went from just to shooting what he threes was to shooting threes. Al Horford's the same way. Al yeah. Horford was a pick and pop mid range shooter. Yeah. Now the guy is like a a chase in a runoff. If you right. know for for the lamest turns for people, if the guy gets the ball in the three, you run him off and make him shoot a mid range because he could shoot. We appreciate that. Well, no, not everybody might know that. Term. No, 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 that's good. But he he he's a runoff. He's a guy that you run off the three point line because he could shoot so well. Yeah. Brooke Lopez the same way. I have no doubt in my mind the greatest power forward of all time could could make the same adjustment. That's just silly. This you know saying that even out loud, I think you can understand that. So I think he's timeless. Yeah, I think him and Kevin KG same way. KG would dominate in today's era. I'm going to give you two more questions then because you just brought them up. KG or Dirk? Who are you rolling with? Because I was talking about... In too. today's game, due to his shooting, I would go Dirk. Okay. In today's game, due to his shooting, I would go Dirk. KG, obviously, both sides of the ball. KG had both sides of the ball. I don't know, man. Big ticket, like MVP big ticket. <sighs> yeah, but Dirk's final run was... What year did he win uh, MVP? I want to say that was... 2004. Okay, I was going to say five. No, 2004. Who was five? Is that Kobe? 2005 was, had to have been a Duncan year, I'm guessing. 
Um, no, that, that was Nash. Nash went too Nash low after won. that. Yeah. And then Dirk won in 07. Yeah. Five, six was Nash. Oh, yeah, because Kobe didn't win till what? Eight? Eight, yeah. Yeah. And then LeBron I don't know. I, I, I would probably I don't know, man. That 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 question's really dependent on what point guard I have with me, man. Like, oh, okay, that's the next question I had. These are all <laughs> it's so good. Steve Nash or Jason Kidd? If I had uh I'll pair him. Jason Kidd would do better with uh Kevin Garnett. He was more athletic, could run the floor with him. Jason Kidd was a blur in transition. Get the rebound. People forget Jason Kidd's size and speed and athleticism when he was really in his prime as a point guard. Phoenix, whatever, whatever. Dallas, even uh, obviously New Jersey. This guy would get a rebound, push it coast to coast. You know, Lonzo Ball-like speed, but obviously, you know, even a better version. That's what people thought Lonzo Ball would be is right. Jason Kidd, right? Or has the skill to still be. Uh, shout out to Lonzo out there. Stay up. Um, so I think... Uh, you put him with KG and his athleticism, that would work. Whereas Nash and like Dirk, they did work together, but they they were parted in their primes. Those two together, shooting wise, would be, yeah, right. If even in Nash's MVP years, he so I'm not answering barely, your question. He, I'm not I, answering. I noticed you're not. You're I haven't answered you're the tiptoeing question. around it. But Steve Nash, as good of a shooter he was, 50, 40, 90 guy, barely shot any threes compared to t- people today. Like he would have shot 10, 12 threes back then. If, I mean, like if it was now. He barely shot. I don't know who I'd go with. I can't answer the question. I, I really don't know. Okay. I, I for point guard, I'd, I I don't know. That's a great question. Steve Nash or Kid Dirk or KG? We got to put that poll out there on the Twitter. Yeah. On the Twitter. On the Twitter is really bad. On the Twitter is insane. Yeah. When are we gonna get these shirts made of all of our misquotes? <laughs> on, well, on the, the Twitter, Twitter. On the Twitter is not good. On the Twitter. And the Rizzler. I didn't, I didn't. I still have, to this day, I've not used Rizzler and never will. Rizzler's insane. I still haven't heard anyone even say it. The Rizzler. <laughs> the Rizzler. Is not, no one has even said it. I'm, I've been looking for it and no one says it. I saw it on Instagram once. Yeah, I once. Thought I'd, I thought I'd try it. Yeah. All right. I think that's a good place to stop. Yeah. And once again, I wanted to say congrats on another season, man. 11 Thank you, man. Is uh, great. In all seriousness, I'm thankful. I'm thankful to Minnesota. I'm thankful for the people, the fans. Yeah. Uh, the organization, Finch, uh, Tim Conley. I had an amazing experience. Uh, it, it's been nothing but a blessing, man. Everything's a blessing. Everything's a part of the journey. Good, bad, great. Uh, so you just keep hooping, keep going, man. Life. <laughs>